You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, sexy people. Welcome back. I hope you guys are doing well. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about body image and healing the relationship that you have with your body. This is something that a lot of us need work on. Um, But it's something that I shared in a previous episode and said that it's something that I really, really have grown in. And I'm at a place now where I would confidently say that I love my body. And that's a big thing, because a lot of people really don't have that. And I sure as hell did not have that for a very, very long time. And so I wanted to do today's episode so that you guys can get all the little tips and tricks. And of course, these are things that I've learned along the way from therapy and looking at other people go through this journey. And these are all learned things. And these aren't things that any of us have as tools just inherently. Um, Me being at a good place with this doesn't say anything necessarily about my character or me being amazing. It's about just doing the work. And so I want to talk to you today about what that work is. And we're going to be talking about how it affects your sex life as well. And I wouldn't necessarily say your libido, more so how it affects your want to have sex on a regular basis and how much fun you allow yourself to have during sex and just how it's affecting you. And so that's going to be today's episode. I'm really, really excited. And I know you guys are going to get something out of this. So please, please enjoy. Let's get right into it. And of course, before we do, quick week update on me. I've had a very lovely week, actually. I've been catching up on a lot of things, and um, this is a space where we talk about periods, so I was on my period, Um, but it was a really good period. Like, you know when you just have a really good one, and it kind of just, like, you forget you're on it, and, like, there's no cramps and whatever. Like, you have that odd one here and there where you're like, wow, I don't hate myself right now. It was a really good vibe. So honestly, shout out to my last period. Um, Awesome. Feeling like I have a lot more energy, and I really think that cycle syncing, which I talk about this in a bunch of other episodes, if you guys are curious about this, but cycle syncing has really helped me and has really, really helped me learn how to figure out what's going on in the different phases of my cycle and to really attune myself into that phase. And so I didn't do any like hard workouts this past week. You know, I did some stretching and I did some yin yoga and went on some walks, things like that, but I didn't do anything super intense because I know that that's a bit intense when you're on your period. Um, and I just know that my body doesn't respond well to it. So on the day that I woke up and I was like, oh, I really want to go do a workout or I'd love to go to a Pilates class right now. I was just like, no, not going to do it. Cause I know it doesn't serve me. Um, and I've really learned those things after going through multiple different months of, you know, just really leaning into it and thinking about the different foods that help in the different parts of my cycle and just getting all those things in line. Um, I originally learned about this by reading a book called In the Flow that we're currently reading in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, get your ass in the Facebook group now. That shit's so fun. So if you want to get in that, go go join us, okay? Come join us. It's called the She Said What podcast group, I think. Um, and we're doing a little book club and we're actually reading that book right now. And I've had so many people saying to me like this is crazy I can't believe I never learned this about my body in school oh my gosh like everything is changing for me I'm seeing so many things differently and which is why I wanted to bring that book to you guys and really get into it because it is life changing so it's been a really good week having some fun hanging out with some people and that's all been really lovely 
And you know what else I did? I finally went and picked out a piano and I bought myself a piano. Guys, how exciting is that? How exciting? Because I played, if you know this about me, I very, I'm very into music and um, my partner's very into music. He's like a musician and songwriter and producer and just he can do everything he's freaking he's crazy he's so good and um I'm around music a lot and was around it my whole life and I trained classical piano for eight years isn't that insane eight years like I was out here doing piano all the time and um since moving to Australia which is almost four years ago now it's gonna be four years in January crazy um I'm from Canada if you didn't know and um since moving here I haven't owned my own piano because like pianos are expensive you know it's like something you gotta save up for and even like we didn't get a piano like an actual piano we got a like a stand-up keyboard type of thing um but it's like a nice one and we made sure it was like one that we want to have for you know years and years and so I'm really really excited about that because that's something I've been kind of saving up for and like getting excited about for a while now so yay I don't have it just yet we have to wait a few weeks because we ordered it but yes so that's happened and I had a really really lovely week and I've been reading a book called Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Um, I'll link all, everything I talk about in the description below. Obviously, the books or anything that I kind of mentioned in today's episode, if you're looking for any of these things. Um, I'm reading this book, and it's been so good. And it really, there's a whole section that was talking about body image, and it kind of aligned really well because I was like, wow, like so much that I'm reading right now are things that I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast. And so I'm going to reference that book a few times in today's episode. And would just so recommend everyone to read it. Like it's another one of those books where I'm like, wow, it really makes you step out of what you believe about your body, what you believe about sex and libido and all of these things. And it helps you to see it from just like a pure scientific place coming from an author who speaks with so much like love and kindness and just grace towards women. And it's so beautiful. And it's just, it's really meant to be a book for women to just relearn about their bodies. And so it's just, it's really, really cool. And I would recommend it so much. Um, so that's been really lovely. That's been my week. I want to start today, um, again, by talking about why I wanted to do this episode. So I said, I think it was in the last episode that I mentioned that I really have worked on this part of my life and I've really healed a lot with my body and the relationship that I have with my body. And at one time, like, way back when I had an eating disorder and like I was, I used to hate my body. Like I was talking to someone this week about what it was like to have an eating disorder. So, you know, I'm just going to quickly say trigger warning. We are going to talk about that a little bit throughout um, today's episode, but I was talking to someone about what that was like. And I was saying how I was like 14 and I was going to these like boot camp, boot camp, like workout classes with my mom um, and how I would come home and secretly do the the workout, like the same workout all over again in the bathroom and would like do it secretly before I took a shower. And yeah, I just like, Oh, it was, it was crazy. Like it really consumed me and it, it ruled my life and it made me make decisions around it constantly. Like, you know, not wanting to go out with friends because I didn't want to have to eat or be questioned about not eating or, you know, just feeling so much guilt, so much shame about my body and not feeling good enough to be around people. Like it really, I was like really not good. <laughs> so to be where I'm at right now, I'm so 
thankful and obviously privileged to have had the tools to get here. And I will absolutely acknowledge that, that I had the ability to go to therapy. I had the ability to buy books and do the things to do the work. And we all can partake in that in some way. So if you can't book a therapy session right now, maybe you can buy a book or maybe if you can't buy a book, you can get a piece of paper and do a journaling practice that you find on Pinterest for free. Like there's always something that you can do to work towards creating healthier habits in your life and having a better mindset in your life. And so I just wanted to explain, you know, I I wanted to do this because I think it's really, really important. And I think we all could use that boost. We all could heal even more. And I think it's one of those things where it doesn't have an end goal or like an end date. You're never going to 100% love every single thing about your body and just feel as free as a bird 24-7. Like you are a human and you change and you go through different seasons. Like having a baby is a huge one. That's a huge, huge, huge one. Um, or just gaining weight from time to time or, you know, losing weight. And that can be, a, both of those things can be positive or negative. And you're just going to go through different seasons and your body's going to change the older you get. And of course you're going to have wrinkles and you're going to, your skin's going to change. And all these things are going to change with time. And it's really about building a foundation of knowing how to respect your body and love your body and work with your body as you go through the seasons, rather than getting yourself to a place where you look as close to how you think you could get your body to look to meet societal standards and then loving your body. Because that's what people think is if I stay the way that I am right now and keep working towards getting that perfect body, then I'm finally going to be happy. But that's not how it worked for me. And I think one of the reasons I've been hesitant to talk about this on the podcast is because like I'm a Pilates instructor. So I am around exercise a lot. I don't really find it hard to get myself to do a workout. Um, generally that is I like today, for example, um, all the classes were booked and I couldn't go into the studio to do an ex uh, to do a workout, but I knew I needed it for my mental health. And so I like forced myself. I literally was like, Oh, like I was like home alone grunting being like, Oh, fine. Oh, I'm like rolling out my mat. Like, Oh, and I'm like, I did like a YouTube 30 minute Pilates video, but I loved it. And after I felt so good in the middle of it, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so annoyed. I was like pausing it, like, you know, stopping, like not wanting to do it, but I did it, you know, and I finished it and I felt so good. And so even myself as a Pilates instructor, even though generally I'm pretty good at getting myself to do exercise and that's a big part of me liking the way my body looks, um, it can still be hard. But even on top of all of that, sometimes I feel like talking about this from a perspective where I am a thinner person, you know, I like do a lot to kind of like make myself look how I would want to look. Like I, I don't want to say I'm conceited, but like, you know, I'll do my hair and do my makeup and spend the time and do all that shit. And so I just don't ever want anything like this to come off as like, here's how to love your body from the perspective of someone who works out all the time to be skinny. Cause I don't, <laughs> I do a lo- all of this for my mental health and obviously for my physical health. Um, but for me, the way I look is just a reflection of what I do because I want to have healthy habits and I want to feel good. And that's a really big part of how I actually got to where I am now, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So let's properly now get into today's episode. And I want to start this by asking you, if I asked you right now, what do you think about your body? 
how would you respond? Just what do you think about it? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Genuinely take a second. What are the key words, things that you could point out? Because common beliefs that people will hold around their bodies when typically when women are asked this is it's gross. I'm too big. So it's like a weight related thing, which obviously comes up quite a bit because we're talking about your body. I need some work or I don't like this thing. And we're just basically saying here, insert a very specific thing that society has made you feel bad for having or not having, like having big boobs or not having big boobs. And that's not to say that any of those things, like having big boobs is the good thing because you'll get people who have big boobs and they are like, you know, I don't like my boobs. They're too big. You know, it's like the grass is always greener. And none of these things are the ideal. And this is what's really important is when I give you examples throughout this episode, I'm never saying that being thin is better or being um, pretty in a certain way or being more feminine is better. Nothing is better. It all comes back to how you feel in your body and what makes you feel good. And so it's really important that we take a second and ask ourselves, like, what do I think about my body? And oh my gosh, am I having negative thoughts? And if you are, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad for having negative thoughts because you weren't born believing these things about your body. You were taught them, right? We live in a world of consumerism. So we're encouraged, especially as women, to buy things to quote unquote fix us, right? Like ad companies literally use the knowledge that most women already don't like their bodies and often even reinforce that by showing us like before and afters. So think of like, On Instagram, you know, you'll see a before and after of like someone who has acne and then someone or like them when they don't have it, you know, or influencer fitness programs. And it's like before and afters, right? That's a big thing. And you're supposed to look at the before and go, that's bad. That's inherently bad. That shouldn't be how that person looks. This person looks better now because they fit into the societal standard. And It isn't to say that any of these things aren't useful and helpful in some ways. Like acne, for example, can be very painful. I've had acne at one point. I never really had, I never had like cystic acne or anything like that. But when I came off of birth control, it was during lockdown, (laughs) bless. I, I was able to hide it, which I shouldn't have felt like I needed to. But of course I did because we're taught that it's wrong. You know, I was looking at myself in the mirror and I looked like a before picture. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And it was horrible at the time. But the main reason I really wanted to get rid of it was because it hurts. (laughs) Like that hurts. So sure, if you want to see, say that, you know, I want to get rid of my acne because it makes me uncomfortable or because I just don't like how it looks, whatever, do that. That's fine. If you want to lose weight because you feel like it's made you unhealthy or it has literally caused some sort of health problems or you just know that you feel more energized when you're at a certain weight, like maybe you know your body a bit better. I'm that way where I know kind of roughly where I sit like weight-wise. And if I get above a certain number, I'm kind of like, ooh, I know I'm not going to feel my best here. Not based off of how I look, but just how I like feel in my body, if that makes sense. It's kind of more of like an intuitive thing or just like an energy level thing. So again, none of these things are bad, but As I was saying, we are pushed constantly to try to fix ourselves. And there's this whole glow up culture, right? There's all of these things that are making us feel like we're meant to be a project. And at the end of the day, you are not a project to finish. There's not going to be an end goal. There's not going to be an end date. 
you know, there might be specific things along the way that you want to happen. Like you want to be able to lift a certain amount of weight, right? You know, you want to be strong. You want to feel good in your body or you want to be eating somewhat healthy a certain amount of days of the week because you want to feel good in your body. You can have goals that are actual goals that you can check off. And I do think that is so important, but today is not an episode about how to like reach your goals. It's about how to heal the relationship that you have with your body, which is going to take more work than writing down on a piece of paper, weigh this by this date, because it doesn't work like that. It actually takes your reflection and your ability to have self-compassion. One example of this that I struggled with for a long time, where I kind of hung out on this thing of like, is this thing bad? Should I fix it? Do I not? What do I do about it was um, like razor burn. So for me, I have always been very, very sensitive when it comes to like my hair. And I'm just like that. I'm just very sensitive in my body. Like if something is happening in my body, like my palms are sweaty or like something is scratching me, itching me. I've been like this since I was little. If my socks were like not properly, like that little line wasn't properly on my toes. Do you know what I'm talking about? I would literally get so frustrated and so anxious. And I've always been like that. And so for me, hair has been a big one because hair just scratches me. It tickles me. It bothers me. Ah, just drives me crazy. And I also, oh my God, I didn't say this earlier. I got my, I got my haircut this week and I got little bangs and I've never had bangs in my life. And, um, I love it. I love how it looks, but I can see little hair in my view all the time now. And it makes me want to scream. So I'm always pushing them out of the way. I don't know why I thought that would be a good idea, but it does look cute. I like how it looks. Okay. It was worth it at the end of the day, worth it. But for me, razor burn anyways, back to it (laughs) was a thing. And so for years I used to have really, really itchy legs. Like I was always itching my legs, always trying to find a different moisturizer that would like reduce that. I was like itchy and it was genuine. It was like hair. It was because I would shave my legs. Trust me. I used every single product and it just wasn't doing it for me. And so eventually I was like, okay, once I can get money for this, once I'm like a financially stable adult, um, I'm going to get laser hair removal. And so I did it. And even that I was like, oh my God, is this like anti-feminist of me to like remove all my hair? But it was just something that I like needed to do because it genuinely bothered me. That's an example of something about your body that you want to change because it genuinely affects you right? So can I start to create the separation as I go through examples to think, is that something that I actually would like need as in how I feel in my body? Or is that something that I'm doing because I think that's how I'm meant to look? And it's hard sometimes because there's things that sit on the edge. There are things that you're like, oh, well, you know, I don't need this thing, but I kind of want it, but oh, is it worth it? And, you know, financially what I think that's a good buy right now. And you kind of need to, you know, put things up in the air rather than just thinking I need to look this way and I'm going to do anything to make myself look this way. And we've all done this, gone through this kind of period of being young and figuring this out. And if you're going through that right now, then please hear my words. Like, it's, you are not a project, you know, you don't need to fix all these things about yourself. I used to do the craziest shit to like look a certain way, like all the stupid, like I'm thinking of like at home things I used to do. Like you would watch a YouTube video and someone would put like an avocado in their hair and you'd be like, oh my God, I should try that. I used to like rub lemon peels on my teeth to like whiten my teeth, which is so bad for your teeth. Do not do that. Like literally don't do that. Um, and I just did stuff like that all the time. So I was always trying to like make myself pretty and like make myself valuable because I hated myself, but I didn't care if I hated myself because I wanted other people to fill that void and to tell me 
that I was pretty and it would make me feel good enough about myself that I felt like I was doing something right, even though deep down I didn't accept myself or have compassion for myself at all. And so if you have these negative thoughts, if you're in a space where you're not loving your body, you're not loving so many things about you, again, don't feel negative about these thoughts because a huge part of healing is First of all, identifying the thoughts and the patterns, just recognizing them because so many of these thoughts are passing thoughts. They are almost a subconscious thing where we don't realize we're thinking, oh, you know, don't look at my stomach or, oh, you know, don't look at me from that angle or, oh, this is my good side or whatever. We just naturally position ourselves in photos to look a certain way or we naturally suck it in. That's a really common thing where people didn't realize that through all of their teenage years, they were literally sucking in 24 seven. Like that's a thing. And it's a thing with men too. I've heard men talk about this as well. And it's, it's really just not realizing that you're even doing it sometimes because we are so, I want to say like indoctrinated, but we're, it's not that word. We are so deeply taught this and it is so deeply ingrained in us. And it's something that we have to first recognize and then change, change the thoughts. And we'll talk about very soon how to do this. Um, but it's something that you want to change so that over time they become genuinely like genuine beliefs. And it becomes this foundation for you, this default for you of how you think about your body. I do think something is really interesting that's I've kind of thought about recently in this area, and it's this being caught in the loop of thinking that if you keep telling yourself that you are fat, if you keep telling yourself that you are ugly, if you keep telling yourself that you are X, Y, Z, insert horrible negative thing that you shouldn't say about yourself, um, you know, and we can, I use the word fat very frivolously is not the word not really but you know um because obviously fat positivity is a huge thing and something you know we should lean into and we can absolutely lean into um but you think of that as a negative thing often so if you say that about yourself when you say that about yourself you need to start to change that thought and if you don't are you potentially not changing it because you think that it's motivating you because I did this for years, years and years and years. I would always think if I actually love myself, if I actually accept myself, I will become lazy. I'll stop working out. You know, if I stop telling myself, I, if I literally, if I stop telling myself I need work, then I won't do any work and I will like let myself go. And that's like one of the biggest things that a woman could do that would just be the worst thing in the world is just letting herself go. And there's almost a fear around loving yourself because if you do, what if you become a less desirable version of you? Isn't that crazy? But we we relate to this. Like this is something that so many of us do. And it's really, really interesting to me psychologically how we do that because we know, or maybe you don't know this, but it's not productive. It is so unproductive. Studies literally show that self-criticism is directly related to depression. It's very, very clear. And we know that it doesn't actually help us. And it wasn't until I actually started to love my body that, and not that this should be the goal, but at the, at originally this was my goal. It wasn't until then that I actually started to get to the body shape that I wanted. So I, again, I think it would be untruthful of me or 
unrealistic of me to sit here and act like I didn't want certain things aesthetically. For me, like, I want to have a little bit of a bum, you know? I like how my tummy looks because I look strong and I like having some, like, little ab definition. I like that because it makes me feel good and I like working out. Like, again, I'm a Pilates instructor and for me to look that way makes sense because it's my job. Like, I'm working out all the time and I like that. Do I think I need to look that way? No. If I gained 10 pounds right now, would I think, oh my God, I need to lose it? Honestly, no, no, because if I was in that period of time, taking care of my body, exercising, eating well, taking care of my mental health, sleeping well, drinking lots of water, doing all the things that I would want to do for my health, and that's where I somehow ended up, which for me, I don't think that would happen, at least knowing my body right now, maybe in my 30s, maybe that'll happen. I will genuinely be like, okay, cool. This is my body right now. And again, it'll, it would be a journey. I might have moments where I slip back into that societal belief that I've been taught and I go, oh, this isn't good, this isn't good. But it's actually valuable to have those moments in life because you get times to be able to work through, okay, how do I accept my new body with this foundation that I've already learned? And that's what we're doing right now is working on that foundation. Because when you have an actual life thing happen to you, like having a baby, or maybe an injury, or maybe just a different season of life, aging, menopause, whatever, you can continue to go, this is my new body. Awesome. This is what my body's doing right now. Awesome. And you learn to work with yourself. So saying all of that, I want you to know that hating on yourself is not going to get you to do the things you want to do. And forcing yourself to do a workout because you want to look a certain way is not going to last. It's not. Because I tried for years and years and years. And especially when I remember when I moved to Australia, like I just, I was around new people constantly. I was very self-conscious. You know, I want people to think of me a certain way and meeting all these people. And I remember forcing myself all the time to go to the gym, to go on runs, doing exercise I didn't like because I just thought it was going to make me thin. And then over time, I got into Pilates. It's a whole thing to explain, but I got into it. I really loved it. And I I really, really enjoyed it and I wanted to go and I would notice myself getting up excited to go to a class and having it booked in and having that accountability. It just became a part of my routine, something I loved to the point that I went and became an instructor. And now that I actually have knowledge on how to exercise in certain ways to like make your body look a certain way or feel a certain way or like build core strength, which is really important for me because I've always had like lower back pain. And so having a really strong core has helped me to reduce that. Now I can start to have more context and fill that space in my brain, fill that why of why I'd make these choices, not with just, oh, because I hate myself and I want to make myself look better because I look like shit right now, which I thought was going to help me at the time. And now knowing what I know is ridiculous. Now I can actually go, well, I, I think I want to do an, a workout because in this phase of my cycle, I have a lot of energy that I probably need to get out. And, you know, I tend to have some anxiety around this part of my cycle. So it would be a good time to do this type of exercise. And it's like, it's like working like smarter, not harder, you know? So that's where I'm at now. And it is so fulfilling. And I look 
the best I've ever looked. For me, at least, that's how I feel. I look the best that I've ever looked. I feel the best I've ever felt, which is the most important thing. And it all comes from a place of self-compassion and learning to heal my relationship with my body. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about rewiring your brain and how you can actually start to do that. So something that I've talked about on the episode quite a bit before is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's basically talk therapy. When you go see a therapist, this is probably what they're going to be doing with you if you're going to just your, you know, regular counselor. And um, talk therapy, CBT, is something that is really quite basic. And obviously with a counselor, they can really get more into it. And, you know, you'd want to go see a professional if this was something that was weighing on you extremely like it was with me actually, you know, having an eating disorder and it's stopping me from living my life. And even if it's not, you know, to that extent, you can absolutely still go see a counselor. I recommend therapy to everybody, literally everybody, Um, that they're going to be doing something called CBT. And CBT is, first of all, recognizing the thought, figuring out what is the thought. That's number one. Number two is starting to break it down. What kind of emotions do I feel? And I'm not going to really go through it, you know, super precisely here, but figuring out what emotions do I have around this? There's something called an emotion wheel that you can find and it will help you figure out, okay, maybe I'm not just feeling sad. Maybe I'm feeling disappointed and you can get pretty specific. Then you can figure out, okay, now start to scale it. How much am I feeling that emotion, right? Go through it. And then we work into changing the thoughts. So say the original thought is, I don't like my boobs. All right, let's go with maybe that was your first thought that you thought when I said, what What do you think about your body? Maybe you thought, oh, I like most of it, but I don't like my boobs. All right, say that's your thought. What we want to do here is now change the thought. So I like this about my boobs <laughs> or I don't need to have big boobs for any reason or my boobs serve a purpose. My boobs might one day feed a child. You know what I mean? if that's something you want, of course. Um, And you can start here and start to sit down and go, where's the value? Why am I pulling value away from myself? Where did I learn this message? And that's another part of it. Start to break down, okay, where did the original thought come from? And then how can I change the thought to be something that I actually want to believe about my body? Because Who's told you this? You know what I mean? Who told you you need to change? Who told you that having XYZ with your body makes you less desirable? Like, not you. Not you as a baby. You didn't come up with that thought. It's something that you've been taught. And so what we want to do is relearn it. And so I would encourage you to do this. Sit down. Think about those things that you would normally naturally think about because I know you might feel like this is counterintuitive. Like, let's make a list of all the things we fucking hate about ourselves. I understand that that's a little bit like, oh, I don't see how that would help me. Don't necessarily do it that way. But think about if you have a reoccurring thought that comes up where you really just always think something negative about one thing about you or maybe just you in general, really start to break it down. And I would recommend doing this as like a journal. This could take you five minutes. This could take you 30 minutes. You can do whatever you want with this practice, but I really think it is a beautiful starting point for you to figure out where you're at because that's really, really important. 
A big part for me when it came to learning to love my body was knowledge. Knowledge is power. And so I started to really back out and like look at things as a whole. So picture you in your situation right now. You're so used to the people you follow on social media, the ads that you see, going into the same stores you normally go into. Think of your tiny little life right here, okay? You're in a little bubble. You need to jump out of the bubble, back up, back up, even more, even more. And now think, okay, me and my context, how insignificant are my 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 chest right now? How insignificant is my waist right now? How insignificant is this specific thing about my hair or my nose or whatever right now? You start to get some perspective and then you can go, okay, who else would be feeling this? All of us, right? All of us have had this. All of us have been taught to hate ourselves so that we buy things. Or all of us have been taught to not like ourselves because we have very poor messaging around body image in our society. Okay, whose fault is that? Not yours. It's a societal thing. Okay, right? So now you can go, okay, whoa, that's a big issue. And then you can even go historically. What can I learn about what's happened historically when it comes to expectations with people's bodies. We can talk about the 30s to the 50s where the the ideal body type was an hourglass figure, you know, big boobs. Think Marilyn Monroe. That right now for some people, they go, oh, that would have been achievable. I wish I was in those times. Oh my God. But for other people, that wouldn't have been achievable, right? At that time, people flat chested would be like, what the fuck? I can't do this. That This is, you know, how am I going to have that? That's going to be, you know, a struggle. They're not going to be able to gain that weight or fill out their body in the way that was desirable at that time. We can talk about the 80s. It was more athletic. Think of like your like mom or like your aunt or like, you know, someone at that time, like wearing those little wristbands and like wearing neon and like going to like a Zumba, like what's it called? You know what I mean? Those classes. It was very like athletic and toned and even toned arms. Like people used to really talk about having toned arms and now it's kind of like thin arms. It's crazy. Like there's so many things that we can look at within history. The 90s, of course, was more like the heroin chic, very thin, um, kind of like Paris Hilton vibes, all of that, right? Very, very, very thin. And then we start to get into the early 2000s or maybe kind of like 2010 era-ish. And you have like Kim Kardashian and those kind of people coming into the space. And suddenly everyone wants to have a huge butt, right? And so it's big butt, small waist, big boobs, or maybe like medium boobs, um, but thin arms and thin legs and still a thigh gap, which is like almost impossible, you know? But then that became the ideal body type. And now, which is why it's come up again and I wanted to talk about it, is this reoccurring, oh, are the 90s back? Is heroin chic back? And, you know, talking about the Kardashians potentially getting their BBLs removed and there's all these rumors and it's fucking ridiculous, okay? That's what I'm trying to point out to you here is at the end of the day, it is ridiculous and they are trends and your body is not a trend. You are not going to be able to keep up with it unless you are literally like Kim Kardashian and you can like go into a place and add fat here and take it away here and get this procedure and get this done and get that done, which none of us are, let's be real, all right? Um, It's just not going to happen, you know? You're not going to be able to, so why? You know, why do we put so much mental energy? Why do we look at ourselves in the mirror and look at that centimeter extra of fat or whatever on the inside of our thigh and go, fuck, if I could just remove that, everything would be perfect in my life. No, it wouldn't. (laughs) No, it wouldn't. 
But a lot of the time we are so invested in our little worlds, in our little body, in our little life that we can't step out and go, okay, let's see the bigger picture here. And so for me, taking the time to like have that knowledge and think about things on a bigger scale really, really helped me and just saw how ridiculous it all is and how we really have all like we're all experiencing this together as well. And it just helps you to diminish everything feeling so big and the small things about you feeling like such a big deal because obviously they're not. I'm sure you've heard the term body positivity and body positivity is a beautiful movement and I would so encourage you to jump on the movement and go and follow people who post about body positivity because this has really helped me hugely. I'm, I'll leave a few people in um, the description below for you guys that I just have kind of like kept me in check because I think, I think it's really, really helpful. Another one is this account is kind of problematic in itself, but it's called like, I think it's called like problematic celebs or something like that. Like it's kind of like, it's a bit bitchy. Like it's, I'm not saying I recommend it in the sense that I agree with everything they post. Um, but they just show heaps of like before and after photos of like, um, celebrities that have been edited or like real skin texture on like the runway. So maybe you are seeing all these photos of people posting at like the VMAs or like a big award show. And you're like, fuck, I'm never going to look like Dove Cameron. I'm never going to look like, you know, Emma Chamberlain or whatever. And then it's cool because at the same time as I'm on my feed scrolling, looking at that kind of stuff, I'll see like just they've posted, here's like six photos of like six people that are very famous and like images of them unedited and you can see their skin texture and you can see that they had two pimples that day and you can see that they have like a little bit of hair on their face and you can see that, you know, they have wrinkles and you can see it. And I think it's just transparency and that's been really helpful for me. Um, so I definitely recommend doing that. Um, but body positivity is a really great thing, but there's also something called body neutrality and this really, really helps me. So I wanted to share from theconversation.com. There's a little explanation of what body neutrality is. So it says, the movement acknowledges that we may not love our bodies every single minute of every day, but emphasizes that there's nothing wrong with that. Instead, proponents of body neutrality encourages us to accept our bodies as they are and not punish ourselves even if we aren't what society deems as quote-unquote perfect, right? So body neutrality is really interesting because you're able to look at yourself from a place of, I actually don't have to love every single thing, you know? That doesn't have to be the goal. I think self-love is very important. You know, you want to love who you're becoming and all that good shit. I love that, right? We love that. But maybe you're going to look at a certain part of your body and you're not going to go, oh, I'm so obsessed with my arms. My arms are so hot. I love them. You don't need to like gaslight yourself into loving yourself and... I think some people think that this is what body positivity is or like that's what this movement is trying to do is to get you to get wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and write on your mirror with red lipstick like I am so hot or like I am so perfect you know and it's kind of cringe like it's like that doesn't work for me it works for some people you know affirmations can be a helpful tool like every so often if I'm really having a shit day I will literally say out loud 
everything's going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get this thing done. I'm proud of myself. I should be so proud of myself. I'm, I'm incredible. And I'll literally do that out loud like a little psycho. So if you want to make fun of me, please feel free. Um, sometimes affirmations do help me and help lots of people. So I'm not saying you shouldn't lean into it. If it helps you, fuck yeah, do it. But a lot of people feel like it's, it's like fake and they're just kind of trying to like fool themselves. And I get that, you know, it can feel like that, which is why body neutrality is a really great way to look at it and to go, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm happy. I'm chilling. You know, it's great. There are some things that maybe, you know, maybe I want to lose a little bit of weight or, you know, maybe I want to like get my hair done because it's been grown out a little bit too long. Or, you know, maybe I want to like work on my skincare routine or do this thing because I want my skin to be a bit more glowy. You know, I want these things, but it's not crushing me to the point where I'm, I hate myself because I'm not perfect because you're not going to be perfect. Obviously, you know, you're not going to get to that point. Even the people who have access to the craziest skin care routines and all the doctors and all the things, even they have things that they are going to still pick at and look at. And often that's why you get people that sometimes have so much work done that you just kind of look at them and you're like, oh my God, you, you look crazy. You know, you look a little, uh, what have you done? Like, you know, people who actually looked so much better before, but it's because it comes back to how we think about our bodies. You know, if you had access to all those things, would you look a million times better? Maybe not because sometimes people go overboard and you don't want to be in that situation either. And so I just think it's really important to kind of step out of this mentality that you have to think that you are perfect because you probably will never think that. And that's fine. It's about self-acceptance. And again, coming back to that compassion. Self-compassion is not your self-esteem. And I think that's really important. Your self-esteem is how you look at yourself in terms of society and how you, it's self-evaluation, I guess I'm trying to say. It's you like measuring up to people. That's not self-esteem. I don't really want to get into comparison too much. I know it's a problem. I've talked about it quite a bit before. Um, Comparison is definitely a big part of like body image issues and making sure that you're not comparing. And I'll give a few quick tips on that is unfollow the people that make you feel like you compare yourself to them. Even if you like them, even if you like their content, do it. It's going to help your mental health. Um, Please try not to compare yourself to your friends. And if you do have that, talk to them about it and actually be honest about it because you can have really beautiful conversations by doing that. And also just realizing that you are never going to be somebody else. And by doing all of these things that we're talking about today's episode, you're going to, again, build that foundation that comparison is going to naturally fall away, which I found that, again, it came back to that root in me having this like really strong why to why I appreciated myself. And I think it's just building that original confidence that comes from you. And then of course, those things fall away naturally. So anyways, as I was saying, um, growing this compassion and starting to see yourself as this beautiful being, like think of all the things that you can do, how you can see things, experience things, smell things, taste things, the amount of pleasure that your body can experience. And of course, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about sex next, but it's crazy what your body can do. And when you start to appreciate your body for what it does rather than how it looks or, you know, how it serves people aesthetically or whatever, again, it starts to fall away. It's about making your why stronger and making your beliefs around yourself stronger so that you you don't look at that one hair that keeps falling in your face in that video and go, oh, I've ruined the whole thing. You know, you go, 
I'm talking about something really important in this thing and it's, and I really care about it and I love that. Or, you know, I'm talking to someone and just because I feel a little bit bloated right now, it doesn't mean that they're staring at the fact that I'm bloated. I'm able to like be in this experience and I don't have to be in my head thinking about myself or I'm having sex with somebody and just because I have a little bit of like razor burn or whatever doesn't mean that I don't still look and feel incredible and I can't still lean into this experience. I don't have to change my plans or how I feel about myself based off these things that are going to change throughout time and over time, you know, even day to day. When it comes to sex, body image affecting your sex life, studies show that women who feel worse about their bodies have less satisfying and riskier sex with less pleasure, more unwanted circumstances, and more pain. That comes from a 2012 review of 57 studies. So this is a lot of data that has come together, and this is a very, very real thing. And again, it was people, well, actually women specifically, the study did say, um, who feel worse about their bodies, which if you're listening right now, if you're still here, I'm sure you are experiencing that to some degree. And that then means that let's go through it, less satisfying sex. Um, that sucks because how, what happens when you get into this loop of, I'm not, I'm not enjoying sex because I'm so self-conscious about myself. And then I'm so self-conscious. I don't want to have sex. And then you stop having sex because you are self-conscious, but how do you then come out of it? Do you know what I mean? So you're sitting here going, oh, I don't, I don't want to have sex with my partner, even though I love them. Or I just, I don't want to masturbate because I feel gross in my body. Right. Because of what? And then you can start to track it back. And then how do you get out of it? Well, you go back into healing your body image. And again, it's not always as simple as that. Obviously, libido has a lot going on. There's a lot of things that can affect your libido. But I'm just saying, and if this is your problem, potentially, you might not realize that it does affect your sex life in this way. And of course, riskier sex was the next one. That can be not feeling confident enough to say, hey, can we use a condom? Can that, you know, and that can be not wanting to, learn about what safe sex looks like, learning about STIs, things like that, because you're like, you just don't think to do it and you just, you don't care. And if that person is potentially going to put you at risk of an STI or a pregnancy or whatever, because you already feel shit about your body, how are you going to feel confident enough to say, oh, and also can you wear a condom and I know you're going to hate it. And also you already hate me and you already hate my body. So whatever, just, just have sex with me. It's fine. Whatever. I'll just survive. If I have an STI, I'll just go get medication. You know what I mean? Like you have all those thoughts go really quickly through your brain and you don't stand up for yourself or make the safe choices because you don't feel great about yourself or you don't think that you deserve that kind of protection because you know, you should be happy that they're even having sex with you because you have horrible tits. You know what I mean? Like we do this in our minds in the background and it's so sad. It sucks and it affects us. And again, it said with less pleasure, which obviously to be able to feel that embodiment, to feel that closest with your body, the comfortability to have an orgasm in front of someone, which can make you feel embarrassed, like the face you make or your body jolting or your body, whatever, you know, you might go, oh, this is kind of embarrassing. And I don't want to do this. You can get so in your head that it stops you from enjoying pleasure and it stops you from being there in that moment with your partner, which they don't want. And that's what I think is really important here as well. 
your partner is never going to want you to be thinking about other things and worrying about your body. You know, if you told them, honestly, I can't even focus because I just, I don't want to be in this position because I feel like you're looking at my tummy or I feel like you can see this thing or like, you know, you can see that I have acne on my back and so I don't want to go from behind because you can see my back. All those stupid things that we think about ourselves that actually potentially change how comfortable we are during sex, we have less fun, you know? We have less pleasure because we don't do certain things because we are scared. And in this book, actually, the Come As You Are book that I've been reading, there's an example of a woman who was saying that for years and years she was having sex with her husband and she didn't realize that every time he touched her stomach, she would flinch, she would move, she would go, oh, let's do this, let's move here, let's try this, because she was constantly trying to avoid him touching her stomach. And I relate to that. Like, I one point in my life, I was very self-conscious about my stomach and I was having sex and I was in a relationship and I was in high school. And, you know, if he ever did that, I would be like, like it would just literally send shivers down my body. How is your body when you're meant to be trying to feel this embodiment and, you know, this pleasure and have an orgasm when you're literally jolting in in fear and you're setting off this kind of like fight or flight response. Like that is not a good vibe for orgasms. It's just not. And so then if you're sad, you're going, why am I never having an orgasm with my partner, but I can do it like crazy, you know, when I'm alone and I'm masturbating, this could be a part of it. It really comes back so many times to your body image. The thing it mentions is more unwanted circumstances. So again, as we talked about earlier, the risk of pregnancy, that's a huge one. Um, And then also this could be making choices based off of what you think you should do. So doing things maybe you're not super comfortable with and saying yes to them in theory, you know, giving consent, but in the back of your mind being like, oh, I don't really want to, but I feel like I should. And kind of like going through that thing, you know, and it's not coercion. Again, this isn't rape. This isn't them doing anything wrong. This is actually you saying yes, but then feeling no. And that's a big thing that a lot of people struggle with, a lot of women struggle with. And if you don't have that foundation where you respect your body and you really love your body and you feel good about your body and you know the boundaries of things you, you know, do and don't want to do, you're more likely, like the study says, to go and say yes to things you don't want to do. You're more likely to have these unwanted circumstances. And lastly, it said more pain, which pain during sex is a huge topic. And I have a whole episode on it if you want to hear more about that. But again, in that circumstance, you're feeling pain in a certain position, but you don't want to go in the position where they're going to see this thing with your body, right? So you just keep doing it constantly. (laughs) And it really does track back. And so another thing I want to talk about is that stress affects your libido. Um, Stress is a huge thing when it comes to affecting your sex life. And it's interesting. It can sway either way. Some people, when they're stressed, they actually want to have more sex. Um, But for most people, it tends to be the other way around. And especially with women, because women tend to need to focus more in sex. They need to be in the moment. They need to like think about their breath a little bit more because it it can take longer to have an orgasm. I think it's about 20 minutes on average for a woman to have an orgasm with a partner. And then for a man, it's like four to five minutes or something. I think it's around there. I've, I've seen this statistic a million times, but it's definitely longer. Um, and obviously I mean for vulva owners and you know, anybody who has a vulva, um, but it takes longer. And the only reason in most of my episodes, by the way, if you're listening and you 
are questioning the inclusive language. The only reason I say women a lot here is because we are talking about um, societal expectations on women's bodies. And if you are a vulva owner, please know that so much of this is going to apply to you, of course. And if you don't identify with she, her pronouns, you know, um, that's totally fine. And I really hope that you still get so much, so, so much out of this episode and that none of this language is um, not inclusive for you because I do think it's important to say women from time to time when we're talking about the societal expectations and, you know, patriarchal things and what have you. So anyways, I think it's really important to think about what happens to your body when you get stressed. Do you sway one way or the other? And if it is like most people where you don't want to have sex, start to then address your stress, which, you know, we can have a whole episode on that one. But obviously a lot of the time it comes back to a lot of basic things um, like taking care of your body, like getting exercise, eating well, you know, thinking about your your life when it comes to like your choices, obviously, you know, your work socially, um, the choices you're making, are you overextending yourself? And sometimes we can't avoid stressful seasons, um, but working on getting out of that stressful season and taking some of the load off because that can absolutely affect your sex drive hugely. A few more quick points here. I want to talk about external validation and how we can somehow become reliant on people validating that we are what we want to be. So we are pretty or we're beautiful or we're fit or we are, I don't know, you know, all of these things, even personality wise, it can be a thing that we do with people, you know, like we want people to think we're funny. So we like try to be funny, like things like that. Um, but we do this a lot with our bodies and with the rise of social media, um, we can very much, you know, care about things like likes or comments or, you know, how people respond to things and it validates us. And even without realizing it, you can become dependent on it. And I I really felt like this happened for me at one point where I would post like a photo and if it didn't do well, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. You know, <laughs> like people don't love me. People don't think I'm cool. People don't think I'm pretty or, you know, this photo wasn't pretty enough or I should have, I should have done the lashes, you know, I should have whatever. It was stupid shit like that. Like I would do that. And now I'm not there. Thank God, because that was exhausting. And it really just made me not want to post or not want to do social media. And, you know, if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. So uh, I don't know. You wouldn't be listening right now. Um, I'm glad I worked through it. But we can do that. And I want to encourage you to try to just take a second, recognize if you potentially do have that and create some boundaries around your life with social media. Um, Another way that we do this is by, it's kind of like a bit of a meme, like the whole asking your boyfriend, like, would you still love me if I was a worm? Like that kind of thing. How we'll sit there and we'll go, do you think I'm pretty? Do you like, do you, do you think I'm beautiful though? You know, when you kind of sit there and you like poke and prod a little bit, this isn't going to be relatable for everybody. And if it's not, then you're, you're probably going to be like, lol, cringe. Um, but a lot of people do it. Okay. So we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Um, try not to do that (laughs) because first of all, it puts a lot of pressure on your partner to respond a certain way, which can then cause wedges in the relationship because that is actually very, very common that someone in the relationship has bad, um, body image or, isn't confident and it can really affect the relationship because of how much they want validation from their partner. Um, So if you're not finding that within yourself, try not to put that on your partner. And if you catch yourself doing that, try to take a moment and actually control what you say, like actually stop yourself before you ask that question. Um, And if 
it's a thing where they do it all the time and they do compliment you and they are super lovely, that's awesome. Um, but try not to let that be your foundation. Like, you know, oh, I don't love X, Y, Z, but my body, but whatever, my partner doesn't care if I blah, 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 you know, don't do that because if you don't have that partner one day, or if that partner just gets more comfortable with you and stops telling you every day that you are so beautiful or whatever, you need to have that foundation within yourself where you don't actually need them telling you that. Um, That can also happen with like family members. So, you know, you lived in your parents' house for a long time and your mom was always like, you could wear anything. You're a rock star. We love you, babe. You know, something like that. And then you move out and then you're like, fuck, no one's telling me I'm amazing all the time. What do I do now? Like that can actually happen. Um, And I've talked to quite a few people who've experienced that, like, you know, going and creating their own life outside of being supported by their family and realizing how much like emotional support they got. And not everyone obviously is blessed with that experience, um, but some people are. And so that can be a hard transition. Um, another one is like, we try to dress for people in a certain way. So like you're going out and you're like, okay, what would other people be wearing at this event? You know, what would my friends be wearing? Would they be wearing heels or no heels? Would they do like more casual or like more dressed up? And like, I get wanting to be appropriate or like, you know, doing that in a fun way. Um, but when you're doing it to the point where you're like, oh, I shouldn't do this because what if someone thinks I'm weird? Or what if someone thinks, you know, my body looks bad in this? I shouldn't wear this crop top because, you know, I don't have the body for it. When you start to do that, that's when it becomes a problem. And I think it's really important that you even think about your style because obviously your body and the way you dress are very, very um, intertwined. Um, And I actually, I followed a girl recently on Instagram and she posts like, outfit inspo and she'll show a picture from Pinterest and then she'll show it on her body and she's like mid-sized um and it's really cool it just like helps you to get used to seeing not just that perfect like airbrushed model in the outfit and then compare yourself it's like oh this is what like real people look like wearing clothes (laughs) you know a body that moves a body that has skin a body that has rolls a body that has wrinkles and things that, you know, even like little things, like, you know, that little pocket of um, like fat beside your armpit between like your armpit and your boob. And then like, everyone's trying to tuck it in all the time, that kind of shit. Okay. That you wouldn't see in like a ad for the freaking t-shirt, but then you wear the shirt, not the t-shirt. I guess it'd have to be like a singlet. Okay. The singlet. And then you put it on and you're like, it just doesn't look good on me. Cause like my shoulders are weird. Like your shoulders are fine, <laughs> you know, but we do that. So start to notice in those moments and then let's loop all the way back. Back to the start and say, go through that process. Think of what, what, what was that thought? Okay. How does that thought make you feel? Do you feel this really strongly? Is this really hurting you? If so, can we change that thought? And even if it's just a little bit, let's still go and change that thought. What's the new thought? This is natural. This is normal. Everybody has this. I'm not supposed to look like someone on a flat piece of paper that is, you know, encouraging me to buy this product. Like, you know, and then go through that process and start to rewire over time so it can become your foundation. Again, guys, this was really just scratching the surface of this talk on body image. And there's so, so much to talk about here. I just want you to know that you are 
beautiful. You are stunning. Like you are incredible. You like, and I'm not just talking physically, like you are immaculate. You can do so much. Your body is so powerful. The pleasure that you can experience in your body, beautiful. The way that you can serve other people with your hands and your eyes and your ears being a good friend, beautiful. All of it is so important and you are so much more than your body. Your body is not a trend. You are going to change over many seasons of your life and the more you take time now to embody who you are and build a foundation of love for yourself or even neutrality towards yourself to certain things, you are going to go through life with so much less stress and better sex because you've taken the time to do that. It is worth sitting down to do this. It is worth the healing process. It is worth being accountable and calling yourself out when you have negative thoughts. It is worth working on your self-talk and starting to implement positivity into the way you talk about your body. And sometimes that just takes practice. And if you really want to level up here, sit down and write down some things you fucking love about you. And that can be about your body if you want. Um, It can be a mix of things about your body and your personality or maybe what you do with your time. Take that time because you are worth it. You are so worth taking the time for and building this safe safe space, this safe home to be in because you're going to have to deal with you forever. (laughs) All right. You're going to be in your body forever. And (laughs) you can't change like 90% of it. So let's just start to accept it. Let's just start to feel at home again, because you weren't born into this world thinking these thoughts. These things were taught to you and you don't deserve to feel this way about yourself. And so if you are at a low point with this, I'm sorry, and I feel you, and I've been there, and it is, it's torment, like, it's hell, and I get that, Um, but there is a way out, and you are on the up now. From this point on, you're going to choose, and you have to choose. That is a you choice, but you can sit here, and you can go, okay, I'm going to start to accept things about myself. I'm going to put aside five minutes a day to write down a few things I like about myself or even just to do gratitude. So I'm going into my day with a positive attitude. So when negative thoughts come up, they actually stand out more to me. Start to, you know, listen to the podcasts, follow the people, read the books, do the things so you can get there because you deserve it. That's it. Thank you guys so much. That's today's episode. If you guys have any questions, if you want to have a chit chat, come find me. I answer all my DMs on Instagram at Alyssa Taylor Harper, which you can find below. And if you don't already follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen, then please go ahead and give it a follow because that does help me, helps more people to see the show and et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Um, There's something else I wanted to tell you. What was it? Oh yeah. Join the Facebook group. And coming up, we have some really fun guests coming in. I'm really excited for the guests, guys. It's going to be really fun. So get excited for the new episodes coming up and potentially even some video content coming up to match with the podcasts. If you ever want to sit and watch me talk, then that might be a possibility for you soon. So (laughs) that's all coming up. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you always. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast and being amazing. Love you guys. Talk to you next time. Bye besties. Mm -hmm.